and welcome to Women Developing Brilliance. I'm your host, Casey Rossi. It's my great pleasure to present interesting stories of creative women sharing their message and lighting up the world with their presence and offerings. Get ready to be inspired. You can learn more about creating a business that you love by visiting kcrossi.com. Enjoy! My guest today is Deborah Valentina. She is the founder of Creativing and a holistic intuitive coach for female entrepreneurs. One of Deborah's greatest delights is to empower women to get beyond their doubts and fears to fully express their unique talents and experience freedom and joy. I don't know about you, but that sounds good to me. One interesting thing about this interview, in all of my episodes, I have never had the internet drop not only once, but twice, so we actually had to do part one on one day and part two on the following day, so you are in for a double treat. I hope that you enjoy. Deborah, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you for a lot of different reasons, but just when we were briefly chatting off record, you actually just feel like an old friend. I feel like I've known you for a while, so it's going to be really cool to be able to have a deeper conversation with you. Well, I am thrilled to be here, so thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. My pleasure. So I would love it if you could just take us back a little bit and tell us a little bit about your origin story in a nutshell. What were the kind of layers and steps along their journey that have brought you to holistic intuitive coaching? Ah, okay. Well, um, I, I will I will do it briefly. Um, I have lots of years of experience, so I will do it in a in a nutshell, as you've asked me to to do. So I grew up. Um, in a highly dysfunctional family, which is what my memoir, Beyond Chaos, is about. Uh, mm. And uh, always had this sense that I wanted to uh, empower myself and other women to full self-expression. Um, uh, and it took an interesting route. I uh, was in the hospital when I was three years old. Uh, and it was uh, actually connected with um, uh, some abuse that I was uh, experiencing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when I was in the hospital, uh, it was, I was literally only three years old, but I um, thought to myself, I can do better than this in terms of the, the, how things were going in the hospital. I know it sounds a little odd, but truly I remember that. So I grew, uh, grew up, became a, and highly educated as a healthcare executive, um, and so uh, became that uh, the, uh, probably right before I left to go on my entrepreneurial career, I was uh, with a large managed healthcare plan and was responsible for three states. So I was the chief operating officer. And uh, that was my dream, uh, totally my dream. And then when I uh, obtained this uh, dream, uh, I was not at all happy. I was shocked because this, you know, I had been going towards this and um, really thinking this was going to be the pinnacle. 
Um, and, and uh, you know, from the outside, it was definitely a pinnacle. Everybody was, you know, friends and family were proud and all of that good stuff. Um, but it was not, it didn't make me happy. Um, so I, from there, I went on an even more intensive journey of introspection and uh, really uh, left the corporate world and became really, to, did two things, health healthcare operations, consulting and uh, coaching. And really how I got into coaching uh, was really uh, interesting because I would complete uh, a project and then the, uh, it was usually the CEO would say, well, but I want you still as a sounding board. So can I do that? And I'm like, heck yes, you just have to pay me a, um, a monthly fee and I'm, I'm at your disposal. So that's, that's really awesome. That's really that's awesome. how I became wow. a coach. Um, Thank you yeah. for sharing that. I mean, one, it's, it is incredible that it goes back to such a young age just actually having that intuition that I could do better, I deserve better, I meant for more. That's absolutely incredible. Talk to me a little bit about what it took when you pivoted from the corporate world and the bravery of really going out on your own. Because I think a lot of listeners, especially now during these COVID times, and maybe they've had a loss of employment, are like, you know what, I feel like I meant for more too. And I feel like I want to, you know, venture off into my own um, you know, business, but it takes a lot of moxie. What do you think helped you make that pivot? Mm. Uh, great question. Great. And I love the word moxie because it, <laughs> it's, it's, an un, it's not a word used a lot and it really is what it takes to become, uh, to become an entrepreneur. Um, and not everyone is, is, um, you know, designed to do that. I, I think um, what, well, I know what helped me is, um, you know, in my family of origin, um, I knew that what was offered there was not what <laughs> was not healthy, was not good for me. And so I was very, very um, independent. And so this um, uh, really uh, passion and um, uh, yeah, just passion um, for independence and freedom and doing it on my own um, was, uh, you know, fueled, uh, fueled me going out on my own. The other very practical thing I, I did is before I quit my corporate job, uh, I made a deal with myself that I would have at least one client before I left the corporate world so that I, I, uh, so that my, um, uh, left critical monkey so mind smart. <laughs> uh, would, so would, smart. would, would calm down. Uh, and so I did, I had, um, uh, a client before I left my corporate job and uh, that was, uh, you know, my, my um, 
safety net my knowing that I could, that I could do this. And then I think that's great. I think that it really helps, as you said, calm the monkey mind. And it gives a sense in a way of kind of having a foot in both worlds, but it's also a safety net. And you can absolutely build your business starting out with a side hustle until you have some confidence in that social proof that, wait a second, clients are coming my way and they're interested and I'm seeing some transformation in the work that I'm doing. So I love that you did that. So Deborah, I know that the money blocks and money mindset issues definitely hold back female entrepreneurs. I would love it if you could speak to that point. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not just uh, women entrepreneurs, it's also women executives. So over the last 30 years, um, I have coached thousands of women around the issue of uh, negotiating for what they're worth, whether it's a salary and compensation package for executives, whether uh, it's um, in sales uh, executives uh, who um, uh, need to uh, for for their um, uh, you know for for the percentage that they get once they close a deal, um, or whether it's entrepreneurs who are putting together their packages um, and. Uh, what I have found um, is that, you know, the bigger issue behind it uh, is about worthiness. Am I worth, you know, X, Y, and Z? And, um, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, monkey mind. And I find with, uh, with um, you know, I can't think of an example where it isn't true, where, um, the left critical, judgmental uh, left brain is saying, you know, things like, are you, you know, are you really worth it? You know, who do you think you are? You know, all kinds of um, negative self-talk, but it's, it's, it's real. Um, it's, you know, very, very real. Uh, and so, um, you know, there's a lot to uh, on unpack, if you will, in order for the woman to be comfortable um, asking for really what she's really what she's worth. And I find absolutely. Yeah, I, I find the understating of what uh, women think they're worth is uh, is just amazing. Um, you know, amazing in not a good way. <laughs> amazing in not a good way. Absolutely. Because it's a deep rooted issue. And there are some mindset uh, layers going on that contribute to our actions or our lack of increasing or charging what we're worth. Are you more of a fan of stair-stepping your prices up or more of a fan of really working on the, the underlying issues to fully feel like you could step in and embrace the higher rates? Both. Absolutely both. So I, I, I'm a both and gal. Um, and what I mean by that is that if you start charging more than is comfortable for you, then something backfires. There's some sabotage um, that that goes on. So or over delivering um, and people pleasing. I you're right. There is always something 
that's such a good thing. And I had a previous guest that was talking about it being a capacity issue. And you really need to like step into that before you can, you know, fully get into the higher rates. Yes. And, and then I always love that. And then at the same time, I'm always, always working um, uh, with the women I work with, the brilliant, you know, high achieving, fabulous women I work with. I'm working on that um, monkey mind and, um, uh, and self and self talk. Um, and what I mean by that is um, one of the things that uh, I know had helped me or actually, you know, had me overcome my critical left brain is that there's another piece, um, which is your still small voice, which is, uh, mm-hmm. which is your knowingness, your higher self, your, your um, intuitive guidance, whatever you want to call it, that voice always has your highest good at the forefront. And so I I literally teach women how to listen to that. And as you listen to that and you develop a trusting relationship with it, it's just like, you know, any trusting relationship, you, you develop a trusting relationship with this intuitive guidance. What happens is the judgmental critical mind gets quieter. So at this point, because I've been working on this for uh, well over, uh, I'm, I'm hearing in my, in, and my intuition is telling me over 40 years with this, um, my intuitive guidance is louder than my critical uh, mind, which is such a gift. Did you ever just wish there was a group of high vibe women entrepreneurs that you could hang out with? A place where you could share your wins, get a biz question asked, and be around people that just get you. Well, there is, my friend. It's my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group. I created a place on the web where like minds and open hearts could continue the conversations that we start here on the podcast. Fulfill your desire to develop friendships with women from around the globe. Women who are on the solopreneur journey just like you. Now more than ever, we are craving authentic connections. Believe me, your voice matters, your work matters, and having the support of a close-knit community can make all the difference in the world. So head over to Facebook and go to facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance and request to join my private Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group the gathering place for heart-centered female entrepreneurs looking to create an impact, increase their income, and connect deeply with themselves and others in the process. I can't wait to welcome you in my Women Developing Brilliance Facebook group, where you'll be encouraged to introduce yourself, ask a question, and meet other ambitious lightworkers just like you. Again, it's facebook.com slash groups slash Women Developing Brilliance. I'll catch you there. Deborah, thank you so much for joining me again. I want to be really transparent because that's how I roll. So yesterday we started recording this podcast episode and the internet just dropped. 
we were talking off uh, camera that I think it's we just have so much energy that we probably just combusted the bandwidth. So in almost 100 <laughs> podcast episodes, I've never had the internet drop not only once but twice. So I just want to thank you for your patience. And I also want to lift you up because your immediate authentic reaction was, oh, I'm blessed. I get to speak to you two days in a row. And that really speaks to your personality and your heart. So thank you so much for showing up on day two to continue this really beautiful conversation. Oh, absolutely. It was delightful. And I uh, fully expect uh, it will continue to be so. And thank you for the acknowledgement. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I want to talk a little bit about resilience, especially not only because of the global climate, but in general, in our lives and as entrepreneurs, that specific quality of being able to bounce back and be resilient and just kind of go with the flow and look for that silver lining in things is a really tremendous trait that keeps that momentum. So I would love it. I know that you've been an entrepreneur for 30 years. I would love it if you could talk to that trait of resilience, what it's meant to you in your own business and how to cultivate it for people listening that are maybe struggling with that right now. Ah. Uh. Beautiful question. Beautiful, beautiful question. So first of all, I, I want to say um, what my definition of resilience is, because, uh, you know, you could look it up in the dictionary, but everybody has really in their in their mind, you know, a definition. And so mine is, it's how quickly I can get back to center after something has thrown me off. And, uh, you know, that is, it is so important to, when something is thrown you off, to get back to center. Um, and for entrepreneurs, particularly, not in, you know, a few days, a few weeks, a few months, a few years, but like, as immediately as you, as you can. Um, and uh, so, uh there have been, I mean, resiliency is probably the thing that has um, uh, made me successful over the last 30 plus years. So, you you know, you hit it right, uh, right spot on. Um, and it goes, um, you know, my mind's going in terms of because there's lots of different kinds of resiliency or more, more, uh, accurately there's different things that you have to be resilient about sure. um and so um you know what comes to mind is early uh early on in my career i wasn't just a coach but i was a healthcare consultant and uh the uh one of the things that i did and and you know did well very very well and made a lot of money at was um, working with hospitals and physician groups um, to uh, negotiate managed care contracts, contracts with health plans. And um, I became an expert and, uh, in that. And it was during the time where hospitals and medical, large medical groups didn't have an internal resource. 
And so, uh, you know, and then what happened is it became such a big deal that they had to have an internal resource. So when it, when they got their internal resources, then I was really out of my niche. Oh, interesting. Um, And so uh, I had to, you know, the word these days is pivot, but I had to like change gears is what I call it. Um, and and find something um, something else that I uh, was just as good at, and so um, without going into a lot of detail, I'm I'm an operations expert, so I would um, make things internally in hospitals and medical groups um, be more efficient. So really, an efficiency expert is what I went to next, and. Um, and it's also so so the amount I can't even count the amount of times that I have had to um, reinvent myself, which is a it, which is uh, you a have to be deal. yeah you have to be resilient in order to reinvent yourself. You can't you can't resist it. And so one of the the keys you asked me, you know what would I say to the listeners? What I would say to the listeners, and I have trained myself um, uh, over the years with this, is no resistance to whatever shows up. Now, easier said than done, but no resistance. When It's just like, okay, got it. And now we're doing it this way. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and also what is the, you know, what is the learning when something happens that you don't, that you don't prefer? Um, and what is the silver lining as you were saying? So. Absolutely. Uh, and I think even just um, as, as pertinent and relevant as the internet dropping today in my other office, it was doing that all day. And I was, I was mentioning to you, it was kind of this, secret blessing because in reality, the very best thing that I could do today was literally go through stacks of paper and get organized and start playing things that needed to be done that were non-online related. So it really was kind of a little secret blessing of like, yeah, I feel much more grounded and calm because I took the time because I was forced to take the time because the internet wasn't working. And it's just like, how do you keep rolling with it? Do you think that resilience can be learned? You said that it was a practice that through the years you've kind of trained yourself. So that sounds to me as if you feel resilience isn't a born trait, but that you can learn it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I had, I just want to mention that um, uh, the, I had great training. This is what I want to say exactly. I had great training from my childhood and my family of origin to be resilient because it was, um, it was very, very challenging. It was highly dysfunctional. Um, and that whole story, if anyone's interested, uh, uh, is in my, is in my book beyond chaos. Uh, but the, the, the thing that I'm so grateful for, um, is that I learned to be resilient and it was like a daily practice. Um, and, uh, so by the time... I mean, it really sounds like those experiences shaped you into the woman and the leader that you are today. 
Absolutely. No, no question about it. So I have no regrets at all, which, which, which I love to say. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think it's powerful for anybody who may be currently in a struggle and just knowing that they will get on the other side stronger and having had learned lessons that they needed and probably are going to be better for that. And like you said earlier, it is easier said than done, harder when you're in the thick of it. Like you do need a little space to get perspective. But I'm really curious because I'm seeing a pattern come up more and more, especially in my podcast guests. And it typically is a freedom to talk about their traumas, their past, and the stories that I think in previous times were swept under the rug and kept silent and where people were really more struggling in silence. Do you see that in your work as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I see um, that um, particularly for women, uh, because we're swimming in a patriarchy, and um, uh, the, the uh, women have a harder time speaking their voice and speaking the speaking the truth, their truth, uh, and uh, that what's happening in the world, um, you know, starting, you know, not starting with, but what comes to mind is the Me Too movement. Yeah, you're in my mind. That's just what I was thinking of as well. Yeah, that that women, um, you know, are telling more of their uh, telling more of their um, stories. And uh, what I want to say is that um, I was very clear that I was going to tell my story, but I was going to tell my story when I no longer felt like a victim. Mm, yes. And That's amazing. So, you need the space from that 100% when it's not so raw. Again, it's that perspective. I want to ask you, do you feel that this maybe increased confidence to use our um, voice as women is attributed to the female energy that's rising right now worldwide? Uh, it, it, yes, and it has to do with... Um, uh, I love this line of questioning because it's it's right where right where I am right in this moment, and many of us uh, many of us are, um, uh, and and so the, the, the there's two things I want to say. One is I believe that the um, patriarchy um, has. Um, reached its peak and is no longer uh it's in the middle of disintegration is what it, it, it according you know as i see it and there's lots and lots of different um uh pieces that uh you know have it have it crumbling uh, and what is interesting is those who prefer the patriarchy then get louder and louder about how it should <laughs> about how oh, it yeah, should. Oh yeah, they're freaking out. They're freaking yeah. out. Uh, how it should be, you know, stay forever. Um, but I had uh, a, uh, I just had a coaching client today, and she gets on the phone and she says, "My message through my meditation." 
was to uh, use my voice and get louder and louder. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I shared with her that every single one of my women clients, and that's all I have is women uh, coaching clients, is saying that same thing in their own way. And so... Absolutely, uh, I agree. You know, it's this, it's the stepping up. And I know for myself that I'm stepping up. I, um, I just want to say directly related to this is that I hired um, my own coach because uh, uh, I speak um, uh, all over the world, actually. But I hired a speaking coach specifically to push me to... Um, to push the envelope to have me speak even more boldly. Good so, for you. That's amazing. I'm I'm always advocating that coaches need coaches, and I think that to what we were speaking about off record of the whole up leveling, and I think that that really dovetails into this female rising. Um, getting inspired and that whole, if one woman can do it, I can do it and using our voice. It's really exciting. Like I'm so passionate about it. And I really, I admire people that know when they have a gap and reach out for support. So they just can continue improving themselves. Again, a huge fan of Kaizen philosophy, that never ending improvement. And this is just a really cool conversation. The, the speaking thing, um, I really want to tap into, because you're an intuitive uh, coach and you have these gifts, uh, where, where is your boundary line of, I think that that's maybe too much right now. Like, how do you tap in? I know you've been doing this practice for a long time of listening to that inner voice and following the pull, but there is some some trepidatious times when it's like, oh, I really want to say that, but I don't know. Is it too woo? Uh, um, really good, really good question. Well, I, I see it in a I see it in a couple ways. Um, uh, let me just uh, uh, speak to uh, a couple of them. One is when I'm working with my clients. Uh, and I'm I'm in the zone. I, I don't know how else to say it. I'm in the in the intuitive zone, um, and I will get guidance, what to say and what not to say, and how much someone can handle in the moment. Awesome. And and I am so grateful for this because the you know and I have long term clients and I believe I have long term clients because I have that ability to to um, not push to stretch always but not push beyond the stretch point. Yeah, um, that is such a gift. And I have to say, like as a Taurus, I don't necessarily have that. I'm more on the bull. <laughs> the bull side of things where it's like, I'm going to say it like I see it. And here it is. And you can definitely tell when they haven't had the capacity to receive it. Cause it's like, Ooh. I'm like, I lost him. Shoot. I lost him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a beautiful skill. I love that. that and it, and it took a lot of practice. So I'm not, I haven't always been, you know, that skilled, but I, and, and at this point I, and at this point, I am. And just the other point about being bold and what to say and what what not. 
so um so I've been working um, for a couple of months with this uh, uh, on my signature speech. And um, uh, actually, I'm going to reveal this is the first time I've revealed the title of it, which is it's called Too, Too Big for Your Britches. Nice. Love it. Uh, and it's about uh, the patriarchy and how many women have been told they're too big, too loud, too sensitive, too something. And um, my personal experience with that and how I've um, really uh, grown tremendously from my 20s now to my 60s. And um, so it's my own journey, uh, you know, with the intention to inspire women um to, it sounds to, like it will uh, that's awesome uh when will you start releasing it i know that these are different times a lot of the speaking engagements are converting to virtual speaking summits and things of that nature so how are you pivoting in that arena because if that's really a part of your diversified offerings are you needing to shift that as well well it's it's a Perfect question. Um, I want to just finish my thought. I, I will answer that. My thought is that I had, I have to be bold to be doing it. So, um, and it may be too bold for some people, but I'm willing to be in this case too bold. You know, the whole subject is around too something. And so I may be too bold and that's going to be okay with me. So I just wanted to finish that. Oh, I'm that so thing. glad you did. That's, yeah. yeah, that's the perfect sound bite. Be willing to be too bold. I love it. Yeah, it, it, and, and I have to be willing. I have to walk my talk. You know, I really have to walk my talk. Um, and so, uh, yes, I mean, you know, recently I was in China speaking for six weeks. And, you know, I'm not going to be going to China anytime, anytime soon to do my, to do my thing. Um, and so, uh, I have, uh, uh, really had, so, so I've been, and I shared with you, I've been on a lot of podcasts versus being in, you know, speaking in, speaking in person. And even this, the talks, like I have a talk scheduled for September 9th and it's in person and it's still up up in the air of whether I'm going to be doing it via Zoom or in person. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's different. I, I you know, I just got to it say it's different. It's absolutely different, but you know, it just ties in beautifully to the resilience thing we were talking about and also pivoting. And I really want the listener to understand that they have it within their power as well. If speaking was a part of their um, portfolio, it's if it's something that they were passionate about and they really got charged up by sharing their message with a large number of people, they can absolutely do it in a number of other ways that are acceptable right now during these times, like podcasts, like their own YouTube channel, like popping on Facebook and doing stories or lives. Like, we really do have so much beautiful digital resources at our fingertips. And that's really all about the growth mindset. It's not either or. And you were talking yesterday about being an and 
girl, a butt and girl or no, something. No, a like, both and, a both, both and. and. Both and, both yeah. and, yeah. And it's the same kind of thing. It's just like, oh, okay, I can do this and that. I can do both and. So I just really think that that's a great tie-in. One of the things that I really loved about your work, and I made a note of it yesterday, and I didn't get time to ask you yesterday, but this really struck me because I think many, many female entrepreneurs, especially the listeners, can relate to this, and it is looking good on the outside and secretly struggling on the inside. I would love it if you could speak to that because I think that that's also crumbling, which is a good thing. I think that's the old paradigm that in order to be successful, I have to be a certain size, look a certain way, speak a certain way, and then. And I'm really excited that I'm starting to see some of that shift and change and that there is a thirst for authenticity and transparency, but I would love your wisdom on that topic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is um, how people get to me actually Um, is it's um, so I attract and magnetize high achieving uh, women who are extremely look extremely successful and are extremely successful and they have the critical judgmental monkey mind that we all have to one degree or another saying you know you know did i do it right am i enough um did you know did i include everything am i you know and and then the whole perfect thing uh, is part of is part of that um and uh i i literally train people to tone down their monkey mind and to beef up if you will at their uh intuitive guidance their still small voice their higher self that whatever you their knowingness is my favorite um and so it's literally a matter of balancing those voices because everyone has those voices and my experience is that women have a louder, what you're talking about, a louder, critical, judgmental um, voice. And it's literally just a matter of, you know, not just, but it, it, you know, again, takes practice, but managing and balancing those two voices, um, which is the left brain and the, and the right brain. Um, but it's, I have not uh, ever met a woman who has not had some degree of that struggle. Yeah, absolutely. In that realm, do you feel that we magnetize people that are like us and because we have traversed the same struggles that they are currently in, that there is like a like bigot like attraction? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, there is, and then I would also bring energetics into it because we're all energy and we all um, vibrate at a certain vibration. It's just, you know, it's scientific fact that that happens and, and that we're all doing that. And so it is um, also on a, a, what I would call a vibrational match. Mm Um, Absolutely. So question on that, because I have 
um, a lot of law of attraction listeners that are, are there, you're speaking their language. So this is a good thing, but curious when there is kind of like a mix of people that are your dream clients, your ideal client avatars, if you will, and they're a pleasure to work with, but then there's maybe one or two that sneak in, <laughs> I'm going to say sneak in your channel. Yeah. And um, and are a struggle to work with, is that because you still have issues to clean up? And so in some way, there is still an opening for a client that's not willing to do the work or is in victimhood or whatever it happens to be that you feel like, how the heck did that get in? <laughs> like, yeah. so, and I, oh, I that, think is, that is, that is such a, that's a $90 million question. I love it. Um, uh, you're, 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 you're asking fabulous questions. I, I love this. So, um, I think there's, I think there's two things because certainly I have, uh, certainly I have had the, that happen, you know, that, you know, for sure. I, I, I'm not sure any, uh, person has not had that. Um, one is, I think they're there for, for, uh, I'll speak for myself, that they were there for me to recognize that I don't have to settle. Like, I don't have to struggle. I don't have to suffer. I don't have to have these clients. Somebody else may love it. I mean, I actually know people who like the, <laughs> like that. I, I don't. Um, um, and I'll gladly, I'll gladly segue them to, to, to those who like it. Um, but I have, uh, I have over the years, I've gotten quicker to recognize it and quicker to, um, to, to really, um, have them go to some place they're going to be better served. Sure. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think it does play into a martyr personality that feels that they can be the one that savior complex to come in and like fix the trouble client, you know, like stick with them for some kind of loyalty. You can tell I have yeah, well, I would, I would her <laughs> with that. And um, the great thing um, that I've gotten, I just want to um, say this uh, little tip for the listeners as well, is that um, I have learned over the years before I sign on a client, I will act, I interview the client before I will say that there's a fit. And I've gotten very masterful at knowing what's going to um, uh, be, not, what's not going to be a fit. That's the best way to say it. And then I, you, you can give someone what's like, one or two red flags for someone that's like, oh, I want to be able to do that. What's one or two red flags that you could share um, if they're kind of in that, are we a perfect fit stage before they've signed the engagement? Um, well, one is, you've mentioned already, do you feel this person is willing to do the work? Um, and um, I actually make uh, my clients sign a contract that says I will, I call it home play, not homework, but that they will do the home play. And that, that, you know, that even if they don't understand why they're doing it, they will do the home play. Um, and uh, that 
that you know there's certain there's certain other things in the in the contract and if if and of course i i go over that and if they're hesitant or don't you know or resist yep. or push back then i already know that it's going to you know that it's going to be uh an issue um and the second thing is um i believe that everyone has intuition uh, and they've developed it to whatever extent they've developed it to but I, you know my intuition is it, you know is spot on and it will say you know the red flag is no that's the red flag. <laughs> as simple as that. I really <laughs> love that you said that because I do think that we can make this a very mysterious subject. And again, when that higher, louder voice that's saying, well, you don't have intuition, that's something that like people are blessed with, or that's this or that's that. I love that you just broke it down in such a simple way. Oh, we're red flag is your, your internal guidance system saying, no, walk away. <laughs> like we can demystify that. And it's just as simple as that. I, I really, yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Deborah, in your 30 years of being an entrepreneur, what's one thing that you wished that you knew earlier? Mm, oh my good. Uh, that I wished that I knew earlier. Um, oh, that I had permission to charge what I was really worth. Beautiful. How long did it take you before you had that reckoning? Oh, I think I'm still uh, reckoning with it because, you know, uh, but I think the, the, the real reckoning was probably within the first five, uh, you know, three to five years of my business. Cause I started, um, I think we covered some of this yesterday, but I started coaching women about, uh, you know, what to charge and their value and their, and their worth. So as I was, so as I was coaching women, again, I had to walk my own talk. So if I'm not, doing that, then I have no business speaking it. I love that. I think so much of our business is to heal our own self. And I see often in the 29 years that I've been an entrepreneur, it's literally like, oh, wow, this is me talking to me. Like this person came into my realm to heal me. Like it, it's a magical, magical thing. I find being a solopreneur is one of the most transformational experiences that, that you can have. That's, that's my personal experience and belief. But I'm curious if you wanted to leave our listeners with some bright light wisdom, what do you really want them to know? Mm, wow. Okay. There's so many things. So let me just um, feel, feel into that. I, I, I would leave, uh, leave it with, with this, that, um, we all have what we need to know internally. And we always think it's, you know, somewhere out there and it, it isn't. So even if you don't know, if you were talking about tech equipment, even if you don't know where to go for the, the tech equipment, you dial, you, you know, you look internally and you will get guidance about literally a specific place to go to um, that will lead you to the, you know, to the right place. And um, so it's all the, it's 
you have it all. That's yeah. what I would leave the, the audience with. You have it all internally. I love it. I'll definitely share the link to your book, Beyond Chaos. I'm excited to get my hands on a copy of that as well. And how else can people take a step closer to you and learn more about your work? Uh, my website, which has tons of information on it and anything you would ever want to know about what I do and who I am, uh, is creativing.info. And I'm going to spell that. It's uh, a combination of creative living. So it's C-R-E-A-T-I-V-I-N-G dot info. So creativing.info. And um, it's, it's all there. And I would love, love, love to hear from, uh, from uh, the listeners. Absolutely. Ah, that's great. This has been such a joy. We got double the pleasure with two back-to-back episodes that I will merge together as one and share. I'll make sure to put your website link and your book link in the show notes. And thank you so very much for being a guest on Women Developing Brilliance. Oh, you're welcome. It's been a total delight. Hmm. Take good care. I'll talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on Women Developing Brilliance. If so, head on over to Apple iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And I'd be grateful if you could leave a review or rating so more people can benefit from these inspirational stories about the solopreneur journey. Thank you.